Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Courtside with Bielinson Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We are privileged to have with us on tonight a college assistant coach who returned to his alma mater where he was a two-time captain just five seasons ago. During his career, this coach reached a number 20 national ranking in singles and a number seven national ranking in doubles. He ranked second in program history in dual doubles wins with 68, third in overall doubles wins in 93, fifth in dual single wins 77, and wins at number one singles 38, and seventh in all-time singles wins at 113. He's not even the best athlete in his own family, which we will get into in a little bit. Please welcome to the pod, Notre Dame men's tennis assistant coach, Greg Andrews. Greg, thanks, man, for doing this. David, thanks for having me. You're, uh, you're giving it to me early here already. Uh, well, we build you up and then we tear you down like the media, exactly. like the media does with everybody. You know that. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Excited to talk some tennis. No, I, hey, me too. And, and I guess um, as I've pretty much started with most of, my, uh, most of my previous guests right now during this time is crazy. What have you, what have you been doing um, to stay busy? What are you doing with the guys? What are you doing with your family? Yeah, it's a, it is, it is a wild time. So, um, my fiance and I, Lex, we live together. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate to both be working. She's, she's quite busy. She actually works in the, for a hospital group. So she's, um, she's working really hard every day in their communications department, uh, putting out a lot of communication to the community around COVID and, um, having that has really helped me stay motivated because I see her working really hard every, every single day. So, that's um, inspired me to to stay busy and trying to trying to really hit the recruiting trail hard uh, digitally, of course, and and talk to uh, a lot of the uh, potential student athletes. Um, and then not too much with family except uh, some Zoom calls like this and some FaceTime, which has been um, challenging. We we used to go home all the time. I'm from Kalamazoo area originally, and uh, I really miss doing that. But got to got to stay safe and. Uh, um, do it digitally these days. And uh, same with the guys, uh, talking to them a lot through FaceTime and Zoom, which has been fun. You know, with, with the guys, it's usually most communication is in the past been texting and, and calling. And it's kind of been um, silver lining and fun to, to do more FaceTime and video with them and get a little bit of a peek into their home lives. And, you know, I called one of our freshmen the other day and he was out walking his dog. And that was a, a fun thing to, to have a little video call with him and his dog. So yeah, it's, it's um, different, but but different is not always bad. And again, I've talked about that with, with my previous guests as well. It's just new ways of communicating. And again, um, different is not always bad. So we're, we, we deal with what we have to deal with and, and we move on from there. You have exactly. a very interesting tennis background and you traveled um, literally all over the world when you were really little. Um, I want to kind of, uh, I want to, I want to get into that. I want to ask you how you got started in the sport and you can talk about all the the crazy places you uh you've been to before settling down in what you said Kalamazoo earlier Mm -hmm. yeah it was a it was a fun path to tennis and I feel really fortunate for the experiences I had as as a young kid so I was born in Battle Creek Kalamazoo area Um, my dad worked for Kellogg's the cereal company a lot of a lot of folks probably know Frosted Flakes and those cereals Um, so I was born there but then shortly after I was born um, his work took him to uh, first to China then on to Mexico, then to Texas, uh, then to England, and then finally back to uh, corporate headquarters in Battle Creek, Michigan. So took a, had a 
nice little world tour there um, all before I was 10 years old. So during that time, um, my parents wanted me to start trying out some sports and we would try a few sports in every place we lived. But the one sport, or excuse me, the two sports that kind of stayed constant during uh, in all those countries were tennis and swimming. And ultimately, I chose tennis. And my brother, who you alluded to earlier, was quite an athlete himself, uh, chose swimming. Um, and then by the time we moved back to Michigan, uh, we were both kind of set in our sports. I loved tennis. That's the only one I really wanted to do. Um, and he loved swimming. That's all he wanted to do. But by the time you settled back with all your travels, you were still a young kid. You did all this traveling very young. You, I think when we were talking previously, by the time you settled back in Kalamazoo for good, you were, you were like under 10 years old. Yeah, I'd like to think I was one of the youngest um, gold miles status guys yeah. in, uh, in the air back then. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, no one can compete I, with that, right? But under 10? Forget under 10 tennis. We're talking under 10 traveling. Yeah, um, yeah. We All before I was... Yeah, I was a young guy. That's crazy. So you you had a good junior career, and I want to ask you about that. You didn't have a good junior career. You had a great junior career. Um, you finished up in tennis recruiting. You finished, like, top five in tennis recruiting, I believe. When you were ready to go to school, you had three schools that were definitely in mind, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Stanford. If you can, talk a little bit about some junior highlights growing up and, and what made you kind of pick Notre Dame, Michigan, and Stanford and, and Notre Dame eventually winning out. Yeah, um, so I, I feel lucky that after all that travel, the place we landed in the, in the States was Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, of course, everyone, I think anybody who's listening to this podcast probably knows KZU and just how good of a tennis town that is. And I was, I was really lucky to get involved in some, some uh, great groups um, with some junior programs from uh, Tom Walker uh, early in my, in my life. And, and um, yeah, had, had an awesome time there, an awesome junior career. Um, as far as Notre Dame, Michigan, Stanford, uh, three, three awesome choices. I, I ultimately chose Notre Dame a lot because of uh, my boss, Ryan, Ryan Satchery. And um, I knew that I wanted to play for, for him. And um, I knew that I wanted a, a good school to study. And, and then I knew I wanted to study business. And uh, I'll shamelessly plug that really quick. Uh, we have a, a great, great business program, the Mendoza College of Business at Notre Dame. Um, and I felt that that was too good of a combination of great coaching, great athletics, great school. Um, I had to, had to choose Notre Dame. Uh, and, and I mentioned a, a few of those unbelievable accolades in the intro. They're, they're, those are just a few of them. I'll, I'll add a few uh, more. I mean, you were two-time Big East Player of the Year in 2012 and 2013. The junior, you were selected. You were the Big East Championship Most Outstanding Player after leading fighting Irish to their final championship title in that conference. The, the list goes on and on. You were 2013, um, if I mispronounce this, I apologize, I apologize, COSIDA, Academic All-American, and then the winner of the 2014 National ITA Arthur Ashe Junior Sportsmanship and Leadership Award, which I know when we were talking before uh, meant a lot to you. And again, the, the list goes on and on. I could, I could list uh, several more, but Tell us about how, how awesome your experiences were playing at Notre Dame. Sure. Well, just for the uh, sake of my job security, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add in real quick. In all those, um, all those accolades you just listed, all those wins lists, uh, my boss, Ryan Satchery, is ahead of me on all of those <laughs> as he's one of the best players to ever uh, play at Notre Dame. But, um, yeah, thanks, Dave. I, I appreciate, uh, you know, the, 
listen to all those accolades. Um, I think what really helped me have a great career at Notre Dame was the things that uh, Coach Bayless, who who's now retired from Notre Dame, and, and Coach Satchery stressed uh, as the leaders of the program. It was all about you know personal development. Obviously, developing your tennis game was a huge priority, but but equally as important was developing um, academically and developing as a person and, um, and even a little bit more specifically as a leader. And um, I think that having that influence on me for four years really, really helped me uh, turn into what I think was the best player I could have been um, as I left ND. So just really appreciative that I had their, uh, their influence in my life. Um, and then you mentioned that last award, the, the Arthur Ashe, which I, I told you earlier I was, I was the most proud of. And I think I'm the most proud of that one because when I came to ND, uh, Coach Bales and Coach Satchery told me that my goal should be to impact the program and impact my teammates, not, not just, you know, be really good myself. And, and, um, and I, uh, to, to receive a, a, an award for leadership, that, that really meant, meant the world to me. Um, that's probably that was one of my favorite memories from my time at ND. But then another one um, was winning the biggest championship in Coach Bayless's final year. Uh, that was something that we hadn't won in a while. Uh, we were always in contention for the biggest conference title, but uh, fell a little bit short in my first, first couple of years. And then to win that uh, as a program on what was uh, Coach, ba Coach Bayless's last match at Notre Dame um, was, was a really, really – special memory so extra special yeah 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 it was incredible and um yeah no i just feel really lucky to have uh to have gotten to work with those two coaches yeah you you are lucky and you have those two as your mentors and uh yeah you that's the whole key when you're growing up and going through the coaching ranks is uh you know grab onto some mentors and you have two of the the very best so i know you're still learning every For day sure. and soaking up all that knowledge now it's interesting, you know, your current role is, a, is an assistant coach at Notre Dame, but you did not have coaching in your immediate future after graduation. And this is actually interesting. You left tennis. You went into the corporate world doing something completely outside of tennis. Talk a little bit about your time doing that. Yeah, well, first I will say, um, in hindsight, and I, and I tell this to everybody, I, I think that was a mistake. I, I think I should have... Uh, pursued tennis a little bit more. I should have played some futures, um, hopefully climbed from futures to, to some other tournaments. Um, if, you know, if you're a young player and you have that desire to, to try, uh, you, you never know what's going to happen until you try it. And if you think um, that's something you want to do, I would encourage everyone to do that. Um, but I was faced with that decision of whether to play a little professional tennis or take a, a, a job at Deloitte Tax. And um, ultimately I chose to, uh, to become a CPA, which a lot of people look at me like I'm insane, but I, uh, I had a good experience there. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one yeah. Of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm used to that, but, uh, I, I went to work for Deloitte tax in Atlanta. I worked in, um, their international tax practice there, which was a really cool, really cool experience. I learned a ton about, um, about international tax, which other people might look at me like, again, that's not that cool, but I, I did think it was. I got my CPA license, which I was a goal of mine. I wanted to um, to get that certification, and I did. But then, um, about 15 months after I started there, 
I got a call from Coach Statchery saying, hey, uh, Chris James, who's now the assistant coach at uh, NC State, is going to be leaving us for a, another opportunity. And um, I'd really like you to come back and be the volunteer assistant at Notre Dame. I took me completely by surprise. I wasn't expecting that. But had you had talked to him at all? Had you had talked to him at all a lot since you had left? You said around 15 months. Did this call come completely out of the blue? Uh, you know, Coach Satchery and I stayed in touch. So uh, not completely, you know, we, we talked every, every couple weeks or so, but it definitely not like nothing about coaching about, or anything. about coming back to work for him. So that was a, that was a surprise. Um, but I, I thought a lot about it and, you know, I was 25 at the time. Um, and I just thought to myself, this is not something you can do when you're, you know, 40 and you're, you've been at Deloitte for 20 years. So let's try this out now. Let's see if this is something that you're excited about and passionate about. And I'm really, really glad I did because here we are a few years later and I've, and I've loved my time uh, back at, back so at now, now let's be honest. I mean, when you make that call, are you in the middle of looking at a spreadsheet and you just turn off the computer, right? You know, here and there, did you finish a couple things out there? I mean, let's be honest. We, we want the real truth here. How'd this all go down? <laughs> well, uh, that's a, it's a good question actually, because it was a Friday night around 9 PM. And uh, Coach Satchery said, he said, hey, sorry. Were you still I, at the office? <laughs> yep, exactly. He said, hey, sorry, I'm sure you're out maybe doing something with your friends. And I said, well, no, I'm, I'm in the office. So I got plenty of time. What's up? And, uh, and then he, we, uh, we talked about it. And here we are. That's great. That is great. Great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. Um, so obviously, it's very different when you're on the playing side versus the coaching side of things. Did it? I mean, had you, te had you um, given lessons, whether to other juniors, had you ever been in any type of coaching role before you did some of this, whether it was working a summer job at a country club, just helping some, whether adults, juniors improve? I mean, how did you get acclimated, uh, especially because you're not just teaching technique now, you're teaching high level tennis players, right, when you get back to Notre Dame. So yeah. did that take you a while to get used to? Oh, uh, it's a great question. I, I did a tiny bit of teaching um during uh so to backtrack i once i graduated from notre dame with my undergraduate degree i actually did stay at notre dame for one additional year to get a master's where i i trained with the team every day just because i loved it but i didn't have any eligibility uh, so during that year i gave a few lessons here and there but that was to some local uh junior players but that was really the extent of my coaching experience up to that point so I jumped in pretty fresh uh, when I came back in March of uh, 2017 and uh, credit, credit to my guys on uh, the team at that point, they were incredibly receptive to a young guy who was not that much older than them um, coming in and trying to help them as a coach. And, and I, I'm eternally grateful to them for that, for, for listening to me and um, you know, helping me helping me develop as a coach to, to be honest and uh, I yeah really grateful to them when, when um, you look back at that first time did it was it like a, a total mindset switch of what you're doing as a player versus now you're on the coaching side I mean did that take some time to get used to a little bit a little bit it, it definitely you, you had to start thinking about why things were happening a little bit deeper uh, you know why is this guy missing a forehand 
multiple times in a row. And whereas a player, I was just more thinking, I'm going to really pick on that forehand. I'm just going to keep hitting it there. And um, now I need to take a step back and really understand why things are happening a little bit more. Um, I actually think it's, it helped me become a better player myself. Um, kind of taking that deeper look at the game uh, when I've, when I've gone out and played um, for, you know, for fun these days, but when I've gone out and played matches, I actually think I'm a better player or a smarter player now after having been a coach for these years. So yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that before from others too. And that's true. You get just experience and you're looking at things a different way than you never looked at them before. So absolutely. I'd encourage some young players, like try and try to coach a little bit, find some, some, you know, if you're in high school, find a middle school and try and coach them a little bit. And, and I, even if it's just for you know, five hours over the course of a summer, it, it, there's a lot of benefit to, to thinking about the game that way. So deciding match three, three, you're playing or you're coaching it. And coach Satchery says, you're, you're on this court. I'm not, you know, unless there's something obvious I need to tell you, it's all you, you playing or you coaching, which is, which is harder. That, that is a great question. And I've, I've been asked that before and it's a tough one to answer. And um, I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you that they are, they are different. So um I think it helps to have been a player when you're trying to coach. It helps to have been in that 3-3 match um, because you can kind of take a step back and ask yourself, okay, what do I think my player needs to hear in this moment? Does he need, does he need me being a super high energy, firing him up, you know, feeding him with, with fist pumps and yelling? Or does he need a calm voice you know, because it's 5-5 in the third set break or last match on? And uh, um, so I'm, I'm grateful to have had the experiences of a player. Um, and uh, I think that helps me, me coach. Um, both are stressful. Both are a ton of fun. I, I, you know, I wouldn't trade the memories of being last match on as a player for anything. Uh, but at the same time, a couple memories with some players where I was, where I was the coach on a, on a three all match and, and they pulled through were incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Um, getting, you know, being able to help the player, Right, your heart rate. What, what, what makes the heart Ooh. rate go faster playing or coach? I think it's coaching. I've never played nearly at your level, but you know, I've coached at the high school level. We've had some really good teams. We've coached for the highest of stakes. I, the heart rate and it's so fun. It's stressful, but I repeat what you said. It's so flipping fun, but the heart rate as a coach, it, it goes up, it goes up there. I, uh, Yes, it does. Pure, purely looking at the heart rate, I think my answer would be coaching. It would be coaching. I, I think it's, you know, you feel like you're a little, you don't have as much control as maybe you did as a player. And, and that's, and that's can start to get the blood pumping. But, uh, but that maybe that's what makes it so rewarding when things, when things uh, do go well and you can help a guy get that 4-3 win and you feel like, man, I really helped this guy accomplish something that I know he's going to have the rest of his life. And like, yeah. what a cool memory as his teammates rush and tackle him. I always worry they're going to hurt each other when they do yeah. that. But, um, you know, what a, what a cool memory for, it's for awesome. that player. And that, and that high, that, the high you get from that, there, there's not no a lot question. of coaching that when you get that high, there's not a lot of places out there that, that can, can match that. Um, yeah. And this, you know, you, you're in the, you're in a position where you now coach for, you coach with a guy who was your coach when you were a player mm -hmm. and there's, there's been quite a few of those. And I think, especially like you said, you're still young. You didn't graduate that long ago. It's something where you can relate 
a little bit closer probably to the players if they have a question and um, they don't want to address the head coach for whatever reason it may be. I'm just talking in general now. Um, they may be more comfortable coming to you and saying, hey, why does the head coach want me to do A, B, and C? I'm not understanding it, knowing that you've been in that situation and that head coach has asked you most likely to do the same exact thing. Absolutely. I, I think there's a, there's a lot of value in being um, someone who, who can relate to the players, but at the same time, I see the things that happen behind the scenes um, and I can help the, help the guys understand that, um, as you said, as a, as a guy who's a little closer to them in age and, and been through what they've been through a little more recently. So I, um, I, I think coming back as a coach, I actually saw what I, let me, let me start over coming back as a coach. I didn't understand as a player, how much went on in the office to uh, support the, the players. Um, and I really try to help the guys understand what coach Satch does for them that they don't see because he's a, of course, he's not going to go out there and be like, you know, I work so hard for you guys. Um, so it's, it's important to me that they understand, you know, um, what an advocate coach Satchery is for them um, when he's, when he, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and I, I really appreciate the guys coming to me and having those really open conversations and, and when they're saying like, man, why are we doing this? And, and I can explain things and I can explain that everything that Coach Satch does is with the best interests of the team and the players in mind. And I think that's a strength of being a young coach and one that I try to, to uh, use a lot, um, you know, help keep, keep making the team better. Yeah. Um, it, it's something, like I said, it, it's, you're not like in a very, very unique scenario to do that because mm -hmm. there are other coaches that do that. But I think it's definite. Uh, there's a definite value to having that. And going back to a little bit of um, coaching when you went said, I don't know if I need to be all fired up, give the guy fist pumps versus mm -hmm. I need to calm him down. Obviously every individual is different. I, myself, I just, the psychology of coaching, that is not easy to do because every situation, every individual is unique and that's what it's, it's challenging, but that's also what's so fun about it. And you, that, you know, I, I think I speak on behalf of myself and a lot of others is that you need to go through these situations to just get experience because you're still going to experience a lot of first time things for a mm -hmm. long time. I'm sure head coaches for uh, several, several years are still experiencing things for the first time. And, and that's the challenge. And that's the fun. But the psychology of coaching is truly uh, it's, it's incredible. It is. And uh, I, I think one of my favorite parts of the job is trying to figure out what those, the differences are between the guys and what they need um, in those big moments, you know, is it's not just depending on the situation. A lot of it's depending on the player that's in that situation. One guy might need that super fired up coach at five all in the third set breaker. One guy might need a, the calm voice. And I love getting to know the guys and, um, I am an absolute coffee addict, uh, as you saw on this Zoom call. I've been drinking a little <laughs> coffee. So my absolute favorite thing to do at this job is, uh, is take the guys for, for a coffee. And, and, and I think, and of course, we're not even, I'm not going to sit there and ask them, what do you need and in that, in that tiebreaker? But through those, just getting to know the guys, you, you start yeah. to understand what they need feel. in those moments. Um, and I, honestly, that's, that's the... And that's why you do it. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that's really the fun part. That's the fun part. And then I, I also say the relationships you make with the players after they're done playing. 
that mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm more close to certain guys now than I was when they were playing. And that's the coolest, coolest thing because you're, you're experiencing things, you're experiencing some pretty amazing things, you know, especially at your level. And those things are never going to be forgotten. But, uh, yeah. I do want to get, like, I, ahead, I, I do want to get back to a little bit of your family because I mean, you're, you're super impressive, but for the listeners that want to know, I mean, your brother is a couple of years older than you, right? He went to Stanford. He went to Stanford. Yep. He is uh, two years older than me. He's a swimmer, competitive swimmer. He, uh, not, yeah, he, he was, was. he swam in college. Um, and he's a software developer now. Okay. And his, and his wife who he met at Stanford, I believe she actually yep. was an Olympic swimmer. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I make the joke a lot that I'm the third best athlete in my family. And, uh, <laughs> so my sister-in-law, Maya, she, uh, has two Olympic gold medals, a silver medal and a bronze. And then oh my, my brother God. was a, um, four-year All-American at, uh, at Stanford as a swimmer as well. Wow. So, um, well, kudos to your, then, kudos. I know, I know she married him, but kudos to your parents. I mean, they have two sons <laughs> that have accomplished all they, all they've done. I know they're, they, they gotta be super, super proud of, of both you and your brother. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, um, they're, they're pretty awesome. They, they were, uh, they were hard on us as kids, you know, which I, which I appreciate now as an adult, didn't appreciate so much as a, as a kid, but, um, yeah, they, I, I think they did something right, man. They definitely they did, did something right. And it helps me, you know, it, uh, again, kind of, I talked earlier about um, watching my fiance work so hard and helped me uh, stay, stay focused and stay busy during this period. You know, having great, great athletes in my family helped me keep pushing to be as good of an athlete as I could as well. So it's, it's good to surround yourself with, uh, with inspiring people. Oh, for sure. That's it's, it's the best. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your own time. I know you're, itching to get the guys back on campus i know notre dame is doing it i think south carolina announced it too i think there's a couple schools that have announced they're trying to get kids back a little earlier in august and then after thanksgiving give them the winter break until after january i know everything's subject to change it seems like news (laughs) changes you know day to day definitely week to week but um that's the plan so far right that is correct. That's uh, what our, our university president, Father Jenkins, announced last week. And, and hopefully that holds because I, uh, I need to get out on a tennis court. So I need the guys back. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you guys, uh, like I said, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, hopefully everybody stays healthy. Um, you, your family, team, the student athletes, regular students. It's, uh, it's yeah. definitely a unique time, but uh, we take it one day at a time and we'll, we'll, we'll all get through this together, man. Greg, Absolutely. thanks for sharing your story. I, I wanted to get you on for a while and uh, I knew your story was, was a little unique and I appreciate you, uh, appreciate you sharing it with everybody. Thanks so much, David. This was fun. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon.